Welcome to Casual Cognition, friends, listeners. This is the podcast where we hang out and talk about stuff, and it's super fun, and I'm super stoked to have Jake back on the cast. What's up, <laughs> Welcome, yeah, dude. dude. I'm excited to be back, dude. Hey. It's nice. This is like a cool way for us to catch up each time, dude. It's yeah, exactly. Cool. Exactly. And it's like an exciting way to catch up. Yeah, absolutely. So we get to share it with people. Yes, and I'm super curious. Uh, the first time uh, we talked, we we uh, talked quite a bit about Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Um, mm-hmm. And we, we kind of got a bit of an introduction into your journey thus far. Uh, and I guess mine as well, right? Uh, yeah. So that was cool. And But like now I'm super curious, like, first of all, just how have you been? what's been going on uh what what's what's been good man i've been great man um i think the last time we talked i said i was moving back to flag in a few months so i've been back in flag for like the last four ish months probably and uh this has been like the easiest move for me ever it lined up super easy like the place i'm living i didn't even have to look for I just moved in with a dude that owns a house from jujitsu along with another dude from jujitsu. Oh, cool. So like, and like moving my stuff from Vegas to flag was easy. I put it all in my Honda civic. I was unpacked all that night. Then I got, I went to apply to a job the next morning and I got rehired at my job like instantly that pays a bunch of good money. And it, they gave me the perfect schedule that I wanted. They're like, what do you want to work? And I was like, Oh, cool. Like <laughs> I'll work these days. <laughs> and then, uh, being back at the gym has been really great. Cause everyone there is just like family and there's a really good culture there. Mm. And, uh, it's been cool because I've been able to transition into MMA comfortably because like the head trauma of striking is something I'm really like cautious about all the time yeah. and being at a gym where I'm very comfortable with everyone. It's easy to like communicate, uh, like the pace of sparring, what we want to set if I'm uncomfortable with how hard they hit me or vice versa. Right. Which it's, it doesn't always go as easily as you think because sometimes there can be a miscommunication on the pace and then someone gets hit hard. <laughs> yeah. And then it, but then that's just where you got to like communicate it really clearly at the time. Like, hey, lay off a little bit. But besides, right. like, it's, it's been really great, dude, just training, wrestling. I'm cross training a bunch with a bunch of different gyms around town. So there's a guy I train out with one gym who just had an MMA fight. There's a guy at another gym who is on the same card that I'm fighting on with my buddy, Mickey. So we're all just like getting together and training. It's been really, really fun. Nice. Okay. So that's awesome. I'm super glad to hear that everything's been going well for you. Uh, Moving can be super stressful and just terrible on many different wavelengths. (laughs) It sounds like it all went pretty smooth so i'm i'm happy for you there i want to ask yeah. you we talked a little bit about this before but i think it would be it's cool to kind of uh, check in again here so mm-hmm. why did you want to transition from just training brazilian jiu jitsu into mixed martial arts it came from wanting to be well rounded and realizing that this is what I want to do for the rest of my life and that I need to start doing it now 
you know, like don't put it off. And it's been great because, well, actually I won't go into that, but just essentially that, like, it's just been wanting to be well-rounded. And then this is just a natural evolution of wanting to be well-rounded. Like I wanted to be well-rounded in jujitsu. So I learned different aspects of that. And I obviously I could spend my entire life learning jujitsu and I'll never ever reach the bottom of the pit, but yeah. I kind of like am sacrificing specialization in that niche sport to be more well-rounded across striking takedowns, you know, grappling, all that stuff. And, uh, right. I think it's something that a lot of people deep down want to do if they're martial artists, they want to be well-rounded, but it's hard because it's difficult to learn new things all the time. It like, I'm a beginner at striking again, you know, it, it can be humbling for a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, um, so you're training mixed martial arts. What, are, like, I'm curious about in terms of striking, are you like training boxing, Muay Thai, kickball? Like, do you have a certain kind of like style that you're, that you're training or is it, is it just like, this is how you punch people or like, I <laughs> yeah. I'm not really training like a specific style. The Muay Thai coach at our gym had recently left before I showed up. So the striking program just kind of changed. Mm -hmm. And I've been learning striking. I've, I've kind of switched from just my approach of learning martial arts from learning from a singular coach, which that can be really valuable, especially if the coach is super high level yeah. and they have a lot to offer. It's good to just like have them spoon feed you. <laughs> but I've also started to take a step back and realize that this is my journey. It's up to me to learn what I want to learn. And right. so I'll, I, I will watch the UFC. I'll, I'll just clip UFC fights and I'll watch. Mostly I've been focusing on shoot boxing which is yeah. where you set up your takedowns off your strikes. Yeah. That cuz that's especially leading up to my first fight. I am learning striking, I'm focusing on head movement, I'm focusing on like setting up combos, just like basic stuff, just kickboxing in general. Yeah. So I'm I'm doing that, but my main focus is going to be shoe boxing and so that's where a lot of the self-learning comes in. Like I I uh messaged my coach my wrestling coach from vegas i told him i had a fight and i was like do you have a takedown that you like to hit with shoot boxing and he sent me one which is essentially like an outside trip into a double and it clicked for me i've been able to hit it consistently and then <clears throat> i watched like tj dillashaw in the ufc i watched him one of his fights he hits the same takedown but he mm -hmm. set it up differently mm -hmm. so it's like oh cool i'm gonna go drill that now and then i'm gonna hit it live and sparring yeah or like my buddy shows me something and I'm like, Oh, I'm going to try that. I'll learn from anyone at this point. It's not really. And that's where the striking is kind of the reason why I'm saying that is in the past in my jujitsu, it's been very like singularly go to class, learn there, but it's been yeah. a lot more open with kind of experimenting and trying things and seeing if they work during sparring and then mm -hmm. going back to the drawing board and kind of thinking about that. Oh, nice. Wow. That sounds yeah. so fun. Yeah, dude, it's pretty much like consumed my entire life. This is all that I think about. <laughs> I'll wake up in the morning, dude, and I'll just like drink coffee and I'll start watching videos about just grappling or striking and or shoot boxing. Yeah. I'll like write down what I want to work on. Like, okay, I want to do this today. I want to do this. Focus yeah. on that. 
it's fun. Yeah, one of the things that really um, started to get me more and more interested in in striking, uh, and this is like, it's kind of funny because you know the the like um, I don't know any other better way to say this the like basic bitch fans of the ufc just like go there yeah. to watch people get their fucking heads caved in basically <laughs> yeah, right yeah. and they're just there they're just like i want violence give it to me now like just yeah. blast me with the most violent vicious thing that you can possibly show me but like so then w when you when you see these these like super technical displays, like when you have two technicians going up against each other and it's not as much action, it's not as much violence, but there's so much going on. And then you have the crowd like booing them because they just have <laughs> no conception of what's going on. Like they think like, oh, he's just, they're just scared. And it's just like, dude, you have no clue the games that are going on right now with all the fainting and the distance control and the like and the setups and like th and that's what started to get me really interested in striking i haven't like really got dived into actually training but i'm i've already started to see like oh the angle game and the distance control and the feints and like and it's already so intricate and complex I mean, similar with like jujitsu, right? Even just that by itself <laughs> is infinitely complex. But then when you start adding these different systems together and how yeah. they interact, it just, it's a combinatorial explosion of possibilities. So it's like, it's pretty mind blowing. It's super, super fascinating in, in my opinion. Yeah, it's crazy. I was talking to my buddy who's of a similar uh, he spent a similar amount of time training in jiu-jitsu who's also starting striking. And we were talking about that where we could spend the rest of our lives flushing out these nuanced positions in jiu-jitsu. Like I have a general idea of most positions that we're going to end up in. Yeah. But then like I could spend my entire life figuring out the small little points of control and mechanisms that make me dominant in that position. Yeah, and all and the that's satisfying. between all the positions and like, all yeah, it's it's modes. infinite, dude. You yeah. could spend the rest of your life, but jujitsu's kind of gotten a little not boring, but like I'm kind of doing the same stuff. I'm like working my same game, trying to improve on that, and it's exciting because when you start going into MMA, it's like a whole other landscape, like a vista's open, yeah. where it's like it's not just striking, it's striking into grappling you know it's grappling into striking it's like then striking while you're on top of them defending yourself while they're on top of you it's like this and that all of those positions have like another layer of infinite amount of things you can go into so it's it's crazy because it just explodes this landscape out to something that's so much more vast and kind of more exciting. Like if you're playing like an RPG game and you look at the map and it's fucking huge, mm. you're like, oh, fuck yeah. Like this is going to be exciting to explore, you know? Yeah. Compared yeah, to yeah. if it's a smaller map, it's still going to be fun, but it's not as, I don't know, it's just exciting. And it's probably something in our brains, our monkey minds, which is like stoked about exploring. Yeah, and I, and I think a part of it too is like, you know, once you've been training 
a specific discipline for i mean how many years have you trained jujitsu i think it's probably coming up on like just under four yeah four years so i i think like around where you where you are like like you said you have a general idea of like the major positions different things you can do from them right and but like at a certain point and this happens with any skill like once you reach a certain level of competence it just you just like it just becomes way harder to get better right yeah so you have these plateaus um that are more it's it takes more work like you you kind of get a, this diminishing returns effect right like when you first start it's just like whoa what the, like this the same thing i mean in jujitsu when you first start it's a huge infinite map and it really is right but like that can in with what you've seen this infinite map can be like nested in another infinite map that contains other infinite maps within it you know what i mean so it's like an yeah. infinity within infinities but but i think that there's definitely something super exciting about that initial period of learning where you just like blast off and you improve so quickly right and and that's like that's one of the things i remember when i first started playing guitar it was just like dude every fucking day i could feel myself and like notice the differences of of getting better you know what i mean and i would have these like quantum leaps and all this crazy inside of like whoa making the connections and all this stuff yeah. right and i think like once you reach a certain level it just you put it takes way more work to get <clears throat> those incremental improvements right and and you don't really generally speaking you don't really see as as much of these like quantum leaps like maybe you'll get a little bump here and there but like so i think that's that's part of it as well right is like you get to a point where okay now it's and i don't want to i don't want to say like it's just a grind right because there there are ways there's like if we're just in grind mode then we can be kind of limiting ourselves with like our our beliefs about how things work and like not mm -hmm. being open to new possibilities yeah um, but dude that's super super exciting so so you're doing your first mma bout in when when are you doing it and under what like promotion or like how how does that what's what's the deal with with all that so <clears throat> i had an idea that i wanted to fight but i didn't really like have a expectation on when i was gonna fight and one of my teammates is fighting on this card november 5th called rise of the prospects and it's down in tucson in arizona and i live in flagstaff so that's like four hours away and uh they just messaged my coach and asked if we had a 145er uh that would be down to fight and that's my natural weight class so my coach asked me and i was like sure if you feel i'm ready i'll do it and then i was driving home thinking about it and i felt completely mentally ready to do this mm. it was just more now like acquiring the skills you know because my grappling is like very good in the sense that for like an amateur bout mm. um and it was just developing the skill set now to strike you know not get knocked out as well as to take it to the ground because it's different wrestling is different than 
taking someone down in MMA. And it's actually easier, I found, to take people down in MMA because you're standing up more straight. So yeah. it's like and you need to and they it, need to guard against the strikes, right? Like the wrestling stance, your head is literally the furthest point. Like you're just if if it was you know what I mean? It's the worst place to put your head. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're gonna get punch fucking or kick, right? punched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's easy because it's like all you have to do is just get deep. So I've been working this combo where I throw a jab and either into a cross or an overhand. I'll usually throw an overhand. And it, we have to have a parallel stand or a mirrored stance. So I stand orthodox with my left leg forward. This yeah. requires this takedown requires him to be standing orthodox. And my opponent mm-hmm. when I'm fighting does stand orthodox, at least from what I've seen. And um, what I do is I take a step with my left when I throw my jab. And as I throw my overhand, I step behind his lead leg with my uh, right leg. And I hook it. And I just drive through. And it works consistently like i found a ton of success with it i'll hit it on people i've never sparred with before i'll hit on training partners that even know it's coming it's like an easy takedown and it's it's like surprising how easy it is to take people down i thought it would be harder to take people down in an mma obviously you could get knocked out which (laughs) would fucking suck but yeah i guess it's it's exciting from what i've heard the hard part is keeping people down right Mm -hmm. like the takedowns is one thing but actually being able to keep them down i feel like that's the difficult that's the challenging uh or the that's gonna be a a real challenge that's something that i i've heard mentioned before and that's kind of one of the uh that's one of the things that doesn't translate super well from jujitsu right is like that that element of the game because you have this thing where you kind of like uh danaher talks about this where you'll like you have you kind of have a gentleman's agreement where like one person is like okay i'm gonna play guard and then the other person is gonna pass right but like so and that sets up a certain dynamic right like you know the person who's playing guard isn't gonna just stand up so you never you're never training against like people trying to get up when most of the time like they're just playing guard or whatever right and yeah so that's a very interesting aspect like have you thought about that and have you like found any strategies or like what's i don't know i'm curious if you've worked that out at all or like um if you you have any tactics regarding that yeah i actually have the last time we talked i remember mentioning how i was unsatisfied with my previous grappling style or at least like my A game, you know, because I could do multiple styles, but like what I was really good at, what I focused on, I was playing off my back a lot. And I realized I wanted to be well-rounded. I wanted to develop like a heavy top wrestling pressure game. And so I started one working on my wrestling and just taking pure wrestling. uh, That's where I started to realize the points of control uh, of someone trying to stand up on you. Like in jujitsu, you hit it on the head when a jiu-jitsu guys gets taken down they'll just concede position yeah and they'll start playing off their back they don't scramble till the death and that's where wrestlers and mma fighters uh, are really good at it and right. it's a whole nother system of points of control to hold someone down while they're trying to stand up so i started to kind of feel that out when i was taking just pure wrestling and in my jiu-jitsu i used to we talked about this last time i would 
pass on the outside. So I wasn't putting a lot of pressure forward. I was putting pressure at angles. I was trying to get around their guard at angles where right. I'm cutting them and trying to deceive them moving really quick. But now my style is I'm like just completely all my weights on top of you so that you can't stand up and I'm yeah. pressure passing. I'm just passing by trying to smother the shit out of you with pressure. And so that takes away your ability to stand up, uh, at least in jujitsu, because I'll do it to guys in jujitsu where if they give me space and they start to pass on the outside, I'll just tactically get up. I'll just stand up. Yeah. And, um, and one of the things that I've noticed, at least in with my peers, as well as you see this at the highest levels of MMA, guys do not uh, settle into position. So yeah, yeah. when I take someone down, I'm not trying to scramble to get the better position all the time. If I take someone down and they turtle, like I'm going to fucking sit there and I'm going to like punch them and control them from turtle. There's beautiful, there's this uh, wrist ride. I won't go into the details, uh, but there's this wrist ride position that is from wrestling that I've been hitting from uh, like during my MMA sparring and just starting in turtle and jujitsu where you just completely flatten them out and you make it impossible for them to turn into you or to turn away and you have one of their arms trapped mm. you have your free arm and you can just lay into them so mm. i think for me seeing how like people kind of rush like a lot of the times that when people get to turtle they'll like jump on their back or they'll jump for a guillotine and you see it where it's like they're losing position they end up on bottom then and it's like the worst place you want you're going to be in mma is bottom so i'd rather stay in a like it's not even a mediocre position if you have your opponent in turtle it's a great position but it's you just have to learn to settle into that and slowly work with what they give you like they're in the worst position they need to escape yeah when they try to escape it opens up opportunities for you so i've been i've thought a lot about that in the past and i've kind of like preemptively started to shape my game in preparation for this and um it feels good. Like, and it's interesting too, cause I'll be, I'll, I'll go to like, I'll get someone in turtle and I'll have teammates or my coach. They'll be like, take the back, take the back. <laughs> and I don't, cause I know that you see it unless you're really phenomenal at taking the back and controlling it. It's not worth jumping onto it. Like I don't have great back control. It's mm. something that I probably need to work on. Yeah. It's something I definitely need to work on. But I know that. So it's like, okay, well, I don't have great back control. I'm not great at finishing from the back. So I should stay in turtle and force them to react right. and take whatever is presented to me. Yeah, because there's, the, there's always that moment, like there's that split second where you're going to, you know, get the seat belt, get your hooks in from turtle there's always that moment where you like relieve a little bit of pressure on them and that's when they can escape right so you're saying like okay it's better to just force them into making the move right like i'm already in a great spot here so um why like risk kind of losing that by yeah so you're kind of you're trying to play to your strengths which I think it makes a lot of sense. Quick, I I did want to ask you also. Yeah. So like, do you have a do? You, 
have you already started to like de develop and figure out like what your game plan is, like what your style is? I know you mentioned like shoot boxing. Um, do you have you noticed that like developing like your shtick? Like, how do you think you're gonna? What's your prediction for the fight? How's it gonna end? How's it gonna go? You know, how, what's are you gonna KO him in the first round? <laughs> yeah. or is it a submission or what's the what's the plan? I've seen one of my opponent's fights. He's had a previous MMA fight that he won by decision, and he's had a Muay Thai fight. And the MMA fight isn't on YouTube, but his Muay Thai fight is. So I've seen his striking, and that's where I got his stance from. Maybe he shoots in a different stance because wrestlers pick a stance to shoot from, and they just stay in that stance. And if he's striking in a different stance, he might have to switch his stance to shoot. So I, like, that's something that there's a lot of uncertainty as to what he how he's gonna be because he he wrestled in high school and he's fighting out of a boxing gym so i imagine his striking is pretty good and his wrestling's good he's a blue belt in jiu-jitsu but um i feel like i'm just gonna have better grappling because i i've rolled with a lot of high school wrestlers and i've rolled with a lot of blue belts and neither of them really give me any trouble unless there's some like freak outlier yeah um and my game that I've been developing is shoot boxing. Like that's, I feel confident that I'll hit the takedown that I was mentioning. I'm going to hit it. I just know that I will. Cause there's certain, like I, I've seen a trend across my training where I'll obsess over certain moves and I'll get really good at hitting them. And I can just hit them on everyone. Like for a while, that was like a butterfly sweep. I could just hit it on everyone. And I can, I can feel the similarity. Like when there's a technique that just clicks for me, right. I know I'm going to hit it. So I know I'll be able to take them down. It's I'm interested to see the scrambling because wrestlers are really good at just scrambling and not conceding position, right. and that can be really tiring. So I imagine that there's either he's going to get really tired or I'm going to get really tired. I imagine I'll get really tired too because since it's my first fight, I'm probably going to have an adrenaline dump. And that will be something I'm going to have to work through during the fight. Right. Cause in right. my first jujitsu competition, I had an adrenaline dump and it's really tiring. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, but that being said, uh, with the positioning where we're going to end up, I don't care where I'm at. Like, I don't want to be on bottom. I'd rather be on top because I want to be able to punch him and shit. <laughs> but <laughs> I have a really, uh, good bottom game in jujitsu. So, when dudes are if he's like not it's weird i this is where i think i'll have trouble if he doesn't fully engage my guard and he's kind of staying a little bit on the outside and throwing punches that's where it's it'll be difficult for me mm -hmm. because when someone's fully engaged in my guard i have a great butterfly where i know i'm either going to sweep him or i'm going to triangle him so yeah. it just kind of it could go a bunch of different ways but wherever it goes whether i'm on top he's on top I feel good. I just hope that it goes to the ground because my striking isn't phenomenal. And if yeah. he has better striking than me and he doesn't want me to take him down and he can prevent it, that's where I'll probably have issues. Mm -hmm. um, but like I said, I feel really good about the shoot boxing shot. I think yeah, like for him, it he's just going up against someone that's done jujitsu. So I imagine he might be thinking I'm going to have like a traditional jujitsu kind of style where my takedowns are going to be trash. I'll probably <laughs> want to fight off my back. Yeah. But I think if he, like, hopefully he's thinking that 
because if he is thinking that he's he'll be surprised when i have really good wrestling yeah hmm interesting dude just real quick have you yeah. seen uh i saw this fucking fight with um i forget who he was fighting with uh you know kevin holland in the ufc yeah comes <laughs> Uh, oh well, he got crushed by, by Kamzat, but but yeah. like a year or two ago, I don't remember exactly who he was fighting, but dude, he he literally KO'd this guy off of his back. It was the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. Walking like, Buckley, was it? Maybe. Oh no no no! I know who. No no no! I yeah, he was off his back. And he threw a hammer fist. I forget who it was. I think it was some Brazilian dude. Yeah, I think it was a Brazilian dude. He did this weird ass like pendulum swing with his leg to like gather momentum and he whips around. And and the whole like a couple minutes before that, he's just getting smashed in the face. And yeah. he's like, he's saying the weirdest shit. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, man, give it to her. Like, you know, he's being yeah. super fucking weird and getting in the yeah. head. And he just knocks him out from the bottom, which. For people who don't know about like MMA or uh, you know have no idea what we're talking about, this is like the idea of this happening is like you seeing fucking Sasquatch in in the middle of the woods. Like it's literally <laughs> yeah. completely unheard of. It's like it's just not a thing. They only especially thing... with the fist. It happens with kicks, but never exactly. with the fist. Up kick. That's the only. That's the only like realistic way that you could knock someone out from bottom and 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 he was literally like in his guard you know what i mean so it wasn't even it was just ridiculous um so you never never count yourself out for a crazy fucking yeah dude <laughs> knock out from bottom <laughs> totally doable are you gonna are you gonna like try to get in his head are you gonna talk to him what what's your no i i like i want Deep down, I want the best for him and I want the best for me. Like, I want him yeah. to come out healthy. I want to come out healthy. I see why people go into that mindset because it yeah. can help kind of like dehumanize the other person and make it easier to inflict damage on them. Mm. But um, it feels a lot more aligned with who I am as a person to not do that. And yeah. it, leading up to all my jujitsu comps, I've never felt that way. I've always gone up to my opponent and talked to them before our match. Cause it's fucking awesome. Like you're connecting with a whole nother human, you know, yeah. it's real. And you're connecting with the human where you're going to go and mutually have this really crazy experience where you're trying to beat the other person with your body. Yeah. And um, it's interesting. I was talking to my friend the other night <clears throat> about this exact thing about kind of what mindset we like to cultivate. And I was mentioning to him, it's unintentional. I, I'm friendly with my opponents because I want to be, but I've yeah. noticed that it can actually be um, intimidating to some if mm. they are in that kind of like intense and anxious mindset. Right. You're teetering on insecurity and confidence. You're in between there. Right. And if you're not sure how to kind of navigate your mind, it can be easy to get amped up and feel that insecurity and then you start resisting it. And right. then you feel anxious about that. And then it can kind of spiral down like a bad psychedelic trip. Mm. And when someone comes up and they shake your hand and like look you in the eyes, it, it oozes confidence. And I think right. it can be intimidating because I've seen it in my opponents when I shake their hand before the match and look them in the eyes and smile. Yeah. You can see they're in their head. And um, 
but my opponent, the picture of our, we have like a little fight poster. <clears throat> yeah. He looks like a really nice dude. Like I can just see it in his face. Like it looks like when I walk up, cause I'm going to walk up to him and talk to him when I see him. Yeah. It looks like he's going to be super nice. So I'm kind of stoked to talk with him. And even after the fight, I'm, I'm stoked to kind of pick his brain about stuff. Cause he'll, he probably has stuff that he does really well that I'm going to yeah, get to yeah. feel in the fight. And I'll be like, Oh dude, how did you do that? How did you do this? Right. Right. And it, it creates a bond afterwards that mm. is really powerful. Wow. That's legit. Yeah. That's one of the things that I, I noticed like, uh, in my gym, I'm the only person that talks, <laughs> nobody talks, nobody says anything. They just they're come just in like, sulking. Yeah. They're just like, I mean, they, they talk before, but like during, um, you know, when you're drilling or rolling. like during rolling, especially during sparring, um, I mean, people are super friendly before and after. Like, they're definitely nice. Yeah. I'm like, hey, what's up, man? You know, fist bumps and shit like that. It's it's definitely chill. But, like, I noticed during the sparring, uh, nobody says anything. Nobody talks. They're all just, like, in that mode. You know what I mean? So I noticed yeah. that, like, having that approach, I'm the only person who says anything. And I am literally only say good things. Like, I, I'll say, like, if I get into a bad spot, I'll, I'll like make a comment about, yeah, like, oh, yeah. I definitely, this is, or like, oh, I fucked up here. Like, oh, what the hell yeah. am I going to do now? Things yeah. like that. Yeah. And then like, it, after they, if they, um, if they get the better of me, you know, if we're, if we're doing like situational sparring and they like pass or whatever, like I, I'm always giving people compliments yeah and, um, and like, it's genuine, you know, I'm not just like, oh, I want people to like me, but I'm literally like, oh, nice dude. Good job. Yeah, it's it's just I found it really interesting because it it definitely changes. Like I feel like it's it's like um. I think like you said, people get so in their head. Yeah, and they're so just like in their own world, they don't even realize that they're like communing with another human. Yeah. And so that moment of like, we're like in this together, kind of, and like we're actually trying to develop and grow as humans like it's not that's what i'm kind of trying to convey to people when i when i say because because i think most people like they're just trying to win right so like they're not going to give somebody else a compliment when they beat them they're going to be butthurt that they got submitted or they got their guard passed or whatever fucking bullshit like ego trip that they're on so so i think that i just think it's awesome that like i i loved how you described that of like um, you are, you want to work in a way that's in line, like with your nature, basically. Yeah. One of the things, this actually brings up a very interesting, uh, quandary, I would say like, um, what's his name? He's, he's in the UFC. Corey Sanhagen. No, it's this dude. Cause this is the, uh, kind of, a an example that goes the, uh, the other way. So, He's he started out super nice guy, very friendly and respectful. Um and like he he was doing all right in the UFC. He was like doing pretty good. Colby Covington? May I think it might be Colby Covington. Yeah, he and went all he crazy and like started wearing fucking douche and he started wearing the the Trump the hat. Yeah, American that's Colby. Great again hat and shit and he's yeah, yeah. a total dick and being super and now he's like he's in, you know, and now yeah. he sells tickets and all this shit and so 
that's something that actually kind of sucks about the way that the game is set up and the way that because it the way it interacts with social media right because social media is um it's like incentivizing and it's kind of pushing the stuff that grabs people's attention which is generally like the most toxic and negative yeah uh triggering shit that you can imagine so like that's one thing that i don't know it's kind of it kind of sucks that that's the case and it's definitely not something that you need to care about at all for um definitely the time being uh but like that kind of brings me to next question which is like where do you see yourself going with this with mma like do you are you what do you have like a like goals of where you want to go or or what you want to do what you want to achieve yeah definitely <clears throat> before i answer that i just want to give an example of the opposite too like brandon yeah. moreno and bryce mitchell mm. are both really positive people yeah that get a lot of attention in the ufc like the youtube comments on any of their interviews like they're always spewing love yeah that's. Awesome. i think when someone is aligned with love and they're like it's coming out very clearly it's also very attractive and yeah. so it does have a similar effect just in a different like it has a similar effect where people are drawn to it like people fucking love brandon moreno yeah and bryce mitchell like he he has said the same thing like he didn't want to hurt barboza when they fought he wished the best for him and his family like they prayed together after and shit like very positive people can have a very similar effect but i, yeah. I know what you're, i'm not I'm disagreeing with you i'm just pointing out like i think you can be just as successful in the kind of like drawing attention sense if your love is like contagious mm. like when it's coming from that real place of like I, mean, I, I fucking want the best for you yeah and i mean that's obviously the just way more legit approach in, in my estimation like especially i mean yeah like basically i was just kind of pointing out that it sucks that he had to kind of go yeah, against yeah. his nature to be able to stay in the UFC and to be able to compete like that kind of blows. Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. Um and also it kind of brings to mind uh like how Gordon Ryan um has made such an impact on on jiu-jitsu and how he's brought so much attention to it through his like toxic shit talking um kind of style you know and and that yeah. to me is also i mean it's cool that he's brought so many more people to jujitsu but it's also like it's a little bit regrettable for me that that's kind of that approach is incentivized literally because of the way that social media platforms are designed like yeah you know what i mean because because the love thing that you're talking about like that's way more contagious in my in my like in real and like really affects people um but it doesn't work in the same way with the social media shit like because yeah because it's not it's not engaging your fucking lizard brain right so yeah it's not keeping <laughs> yeah. you on the platform because if you're like filled yeah. with the sense of love like you're not just scrolling on your phone right like yeah you're scrolling on your phone when you're anxious and like scared and fucking you know triggered so <laughs> yeah um I don't know, just interesting interactions. No, yeah, it is, yeah, it is an interesting way that that is how attention is drawn and it's effective on the internet. 
But then that's also, I think, comes down to the fans to not give a shit. Like, you got to kind of disconnect from it and, like, recognize it for what it is. And when you don't engage with it in the same way, it will eventually... I think it'll always be engaged with. But if you don't individually engage with it, you're not supporting it. Yeah. You know? And it kind of... we can do. ...will fade out. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So, okay. This is... You were... I think you were asking um, my goals. Yeah, yeah. I um, I don't really have any goals for competing. Like this is just something that I want to do for the rest of my life, and uh, training is my goal. Like training every day, like living a life of leisure where I just like show up and train. I eat good. I drink coffee. I hang out. Like that to me is my ideal life. And so I'm living it right now. And that's what is satisfying to me is the process of what I'm doing. But that being said, uh, like competing is a natural symptom of that. It's like an offshoot of training. Yeah. And it's a way for me to develop my skills and to test them in like, uh, in a more, I don't want to say realistic because it's within a cage and there's all these rules, but it's a more realistic way for me to test my skills out against an opponent. Um, and if I continue to have success over time and it's something that I want to continue doing, I'll just keep doing it. The only downside and thing that I think is going to hold me back from doing that is uh, brain trauma. Yeah. And I was talking to my dad about this last night. Uh, that's like the one thing that for me is a real dichotomy where it's like, I love training and this is my passion and joy in life. So I'm going to do it, but I also love my body and I love my brain and I don't want it to be hurt. And so that's where it's like, there's a something that I have kind of reconciled for the time being, which is I'm going to sacrifice my mind and body for this pursuit because it's worth it to me. But long-term, I don't know if it is worth it. So maybe I'll stop in four or five years competing and then I'll lightly train MMA and I'll heavily emphasize grappling, you know? Um, And I've I've already gotten rocked. Like I've taken shots to the head. Like I've, I've, and the only, I don't think sparring hard is necessary all the time, but because yeah. I have a fight coming up and I haven't been punched hard, I've needed to have a few hard sparring sessions. So I have gotten rocked. And just last night, dude, I got rocked the hardest I've gotten rocked since sparring. And it was kind of jostling because I wasn't expecting it. Yeah. And that's where this ties into the communication between your partner he wasn't really fully aware of his power and he kind of threw it hard and it hit me clean on the chin. I see, I have, I was, I record my training sessions. You can see my head completely like turns. I saw a flash of white and I was like dizzy for a little bit. And the rest of the night I was kind of, my brain was not really fully there. I wasn't concussed, Mm -hmm. but right after that, he's like, I think he recognized that he hit me too hard at the pace that we were training because we were going light and then he hits me hard out of nowhere. He apologized. And that's where it's important to have real clear verbal communication. This is, I think what a lot of people lack in sparring is uh, I'm not upset with him. I'm 
part of me is kind of upset with him, but that's just a natural feeling that I'm going to have in response to my body being endangered. Yeah. But yeah. so I recognize that, but I'm not actually mad at him. I don't treat him like I'm mad at him. And I communicate, Hey, can you, he, he said, sorry. And I said, yeah, can you, uh, I said, it's okay. Can you not punch me hard for the rest of the round? Because I'm a little rocked right now. And then we went slow the rest of the round. And, uh, yeah, that's hard. Like the rest of the night, I think also because it threw me off, it made me sad uh, mm. because my body is now taking damage that I don't want it to truly take. And I, I kind of think of my body, my body is me, but I think of my body almost as a separate entity for me that I love. It's like, like I have the same love for my body like I have for my pet or my father or my mother. I can... I can feel the love in my chest just talking about it now. And so that to me, seeing my body take damage is like seeing a loved one take mm. damage. And it honestly makes me have feelings of wanting to cry when I think about it because mm. it is something that I truly care about. And uh, yeah, I think at some point in the future, I will stop because I don't want my body to have, I, my body is like my physical body is okay, but my mind is what, I really know is kind of sketchy to me. So, mm. but that being said, there's also a lot of things you can do. Psychedelics have neurogenesis effects. Um, having exercising, like doing aerobic exercise, helps prevent symptoms of Alzheimer's and CTE. Yeah. There's obviously eating clean, reducing inflammation in the brain. Yeah. Also, there's all not- these things you can do. Yeah, like I, I think a big one too is like not doing too crazy, like the like doing these insane weight cuts. Yeah, are really bad because you get so dehydrated, right? Like, I, and I think that that sets you up for. <laughs> speaking of which, um, it kind of sets you up for getting worse kind of trauma, like in the fight if you've just done an insane weight cut the day before yeah. or whatever um and i think it's i think it's wise to be uh aware and like realistic about the the dangers of the sport because like that is definitely the main danger that this thing with cte and um and like you said there there are ways to like keep that from happening i think avoiding hard sparring yeah for sure like i mean you can see the guys who do a lot of hard sparring in the ufc and like they're slurring their words they can't think they can't remember what they were talking like you can see clearly there's even if they're still fighting like they're they're gonna be they're gonna be so fucked in 10 20 years you know what i mean yeah I like think- nick and nate diaz both those exactly. guys have like nate, brain nate damage. Diaz, i can barely understand him I can I can actually barely understand what he's saying, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. He sounds like he's like totally drunk. Yeah. Um so that's like pretty sad to see actually. But then at the same time you also see a lot of competitors who had like a full storied career in the UFC and they're like fine. Of course they probably will have some kind of problems like what you know CTE like you can cause depression and it can cause like the different stuff, right? But but you also see a lot of guys that are like really they're still there, you know what I mean? They're I sharp. Yeah. They're sharp still and and I think as you said like if you take a cautious approach uh and you I think really just 
the less hard punches to the head you take, the better, right? So, like, that's... Uh, but then, of course, there's all these other factors. Um, so I think I think just by being aware of it and, like, you'll be able to feel if it's too much, right? Like, yeah. Because you're very tuned in and you're aware of the danger. So, like, if you get fucking knocked out or whatever and then like oh and then you get punched too hard a couple days later like you know like you'll you'll be able to yeah. see if if it's too much and then so i i think you i think you got it in the bag man <laughs> yeah and i'm going to do everything i can in my life to keep my brain healthy especially after i'm done i'm like i think we think of the brain as kind of static in the sense like oh you get brain oh, damage yeah. that's permanent damage but I don't think that's the way it is. I think the brain is probably like the body in the sense that the body can heal itself over time, especially when you put intention into healing it. Like if you blow out your knees, you can rehabilitate it. Like you can get surgery on it. You can rehabilitate it. You can make them stronger than they were. And I think it's the same thing with your brain. Like, and the idea, I could be completely wrong. This is just an idea. But the idea that I kind of have in my mind is that like when you're taking brain damage, there's these, well, when you're getting punched, there you have neurons in your brain and the neurons have like this part of them that's like kind of long and wiry. And there's a protein inside of those. And essentially what happens is that's the weakest part. So the protein breaks and the protein misfolds on itself and it gets clumped together and then it starts killing neurons. That's, what's, that's what CTE is. And so that part of your brain is essentially dying. That neuron whatever pathway that was kind of connected to starts dying. And that's where the parts of your brain where it's dying, I imagine is going to affect um, like the parts of your brain that like does things like memory, for instance, if it's clumping around that area, it's probably going to affect your memory. But what's interesting is you can build new neural pathways all over your brain all the time. You'll see people who get like, massive brain damage but then they can like still do things in other areas like the brain will build pathways around it and so what comes to mind for me is i'll probably like and this is just an intuition but i'll probably continue to do ayahuasca every so often to because i just have this gut feeling that it's going to help me create new neural pathways so whatever damage i will have accumulated i just have a feeling it's going to help me work around that learning new things all the time is going to be really important. It's literally going to be like building a muscle in your brain. So like learning language, learning instruments, um, just learning new things all the time. And right now I'm not because I am learning new things, but it's so singularly focused on martial arts that I don't think it's going to have the same effect as if I'm learning some crazy new thing that I've never touched before. But when the time does come where I am kind of tailoring off with martial arts, I think it's like just exercising your brain like it's your body. And I think that will probably, I'm not sure, but I bet that will reduce the effects of whatever brain damage I've taken by a lot. Yeah, and it's also like, yeah, it's a, we don't really understand. Like this stuff is pretty, I think, like scientifically speaking, we we don't like really understand how it yeah. works like at what point is it brain damage at what point is it just like you 
like does it heal is it a per like we don't really it's it's very complicated and like i mean we don't even know how that shit works i mean you how many times have you fucking heard the story of the dude who broke his back and he woke up in the hospital from after a snowboarding accident or whatever and the doctor was like you're never gonna walk again <laughs> yeah. and then like a year later they fucking win olympic gold in snowboarding competition you know what i mean and like yeah so i think yeah i mean there's some there's definitely some mind over matter shit that we that is not captured in the realm of our understanding of of the human body at least from a scientific standpoint i think there are many traditions um which do point to and kind of understand the capacities of of the mind body uh system yeah and so like yeah i think like you said dude like intention is is huge i've found that in in my own life i think i mean even even <laughs> um i mean when we talk about like uh psychedelics for example they found in the studies where they're i mean so we found that there are um various psychedelic substances that have a huge hugely therapeutic and positive impact treating things like PTSD, depression, addiction, um, maybe there's a few other things there, but they've pointed these out in the studies that it's like the most important thing in these studies besides, or maybe not even besides taking, like the most important thing is the set and setting, yeah. right? So this is the intention. What is the intention of this, And right? And so, what is the environment? What is the intention? That's the thing that makes the biggest difference. And then, of course, the um, the substance is kind of a force multiplier on that. Um, and so, I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows what we're capable of? Yeah, dude. I think, yeah, the brain is... We have no idea about the brain. Like, we don't understand consciousness. We can take, like, very, like, almost, like, uh, barbaric images of the brain. <laughs> we're just, like, taking pictures of it at certain times. Like, we're, we're not in there and understanding it. So, we, like, just like in the past, how we thought the world was flat. Like, and that was just the way things were. What do you like, mean in the past? Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, people still think that. Yeah. Are you saying but, it's not flat? Yeah, exactly. What are you talking about, dude? Yeah. Uh, it's uh, I think the mind and consciousness is on a similar level where it's like we have all these ideas about it that are most likely wrong. We they're gonna evolve over time. Like we're gonna get more attuned to ourselves as we evolve, and um. That's why I think it's important to have an open mind to the possibilities to not like you got to be realistic with what you think is possible. But having that openness to everything being possible is like gives you that creativity to expand our understanding of us and the world around us, which is super 100%, important. Dude. Uh, we got to remember people that we don't know 
most things, right? <laughs> like by far most things. Like we yeah. maybe know 1% of things. Maybe if we're lucky, we know 1% of things. <laughs> so <laughs> I just think it's very important to, and like probably 50% of that, we're just like totally off. We're just wrong. We're just yeah. flat out wrong about yeah. that shit. So yeah. Like, I think you bring up a very good point. Um, and this is, this is just one, it's one of those things we, we, we need to have some humility and remember that we are so utterly ignorant. It's, it's almost embarrassing. like being a baby and like shitting your pants like (laughs) that's like the equivalent our understanding of the world is the equivalent of a baby with shit in their pants (laughs) like shit in their diaper dude and we're just like walking around like (laughs) where the fuck am i dude (laughs) why is my why is my diaper wet (laughs) that's the thing like the only difference between us and that baby with shit in its pants is like the baby knows that it doesn't know anything you know what I mean? It's it's just like what the f- is going <laughs> yeah. on here, right? yeah, dude. But we like pretend that we know what's going on, and we're yeah, dude. <laughs> dude, like seeing a newborn, like when newborns, like from the first couple months, dude, they just have this look in their eye, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> where they're they're literally like tripping, dude. Yeah, I see it because I serve, so like people will bring in their newborns consistently across the board dude these newborns are just like what the fuck am i dude <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh it's crazy it's yeah crazy. it's so funny dude yeah and it's it's very interesting you know because like there is this element of like babies they're in this state of it's just like pure consciousness and yeah. so unbelievably sensitive and vulnerable uh, manifestation of consciousness. It's like unbelievable. And they have no sense. There's no sense of separation between self and other, which we develop yeah. uh, through our kind of condition, our conditioning in culture. And like, then we're taught like, Oh, that's you. And this is me. And like, we're separate. But like, is that even true? right is that actually true or is that just i mean it's it's one perspective right but i don't think it's the full picture i think this is we're talking layers of the onion here and like yeah maybe that's one of the outer layers of the onion but what happens when we go deeper what happens when we peel behind the veil right um dude i couldn't yeah i so in that in that first ayahuasca experience that was one of the themes that was shown to me over and over and over. And I remember seeing all these different ways, just like how that's a kind of a layer of the onion or like a slice of the larger perspective. Yeah. I kept seeing different slices as to how we're all connected. So like, for instance, biologically, we're the same, like we're humans, we're connected, we're life, we're connected we're connected to that organism that started, you know, all this life somewhere along the line, we're connected in that sense. Then there's the, this is where it kind of gets trippy. When you think about it in a physical way, like I look at my hand and I'm like, Oh, there's space around my hand. This is my hand. Nothing else is connected. But when you really kind of think about it, 
there's no real separation between my hand and the air and the atoms around it yeah. to the computer and to you. So it's like it's there's this molasses of matter that we just kind of exist in. So you could like that's another way to think like we're kind of literally fucking connected. Yes. I think consciously you could also start going into that like consciously yeah. we have the same fucking experience to a certain degree so we're connected in that way. Yeah. You could also start diving into and this is where I think people might be a little resistant to it, but I've started to kind of vibe with this idea more and more the kind of sort of collective consciousness like us being a probe of the universe trying to understand itself like we're sprouting out from the universe consciously and we're talking about the universe right now we're trying to understand it dude as if we're trying to collect information and when we die it sucks it back down into the universe and it becomes more almost like aligned with itself because it's understanding itself more Mm. i mean to me it's it's kind of ridiculous At, at this point it's ridiculous to argue against the idea that we are nodes of a super organism <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. to me that's like patently obvious at this point it's yeah. it's if you just again if you just peel back a few of the more obvious kind of materialistic layers uh which we've been so focused on since the enlightenment if you just go a little bit beyond that and 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 look into the elements of materialism where things start to fall apart where it's like okay we there is no answer to this consciousness is a great example there's no you can't really answer that with a fully like materialistic uh perspective i mean maybe some people say oh it's just yeah it's just you know your brain makes whatever consciousness with you like it's like <laughs> yeah. uh yeah sh- we'll uh, we'll leave that one for for another time uh, yeah because um but i mean personally I, I think that it's it's pretty obvious right like if we we literally like we're just mushrooms v3 or whatever like we you know what i mean like we it's the same it's the same thing in in my opinion uh talk to paul stamets he's literally like dude we literally are mushrooms you talk uh, to him no no but he that's oh talk that to him yeah, yeah 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 that's something that he will he'll argue and pretty eloquently at that i'm too stupid to be able to like formulate this, <laughs> yeah, this yeah. correctly that's me with most of like ideas when i hear someone else saying unless it came from me i'm like stumbling my way through trying to explain it half the time uh yeah it's i mean it's like, <laughs> i think that's one of the huge benefits of of just writing writing it down you know yeah. what i mean because because the, the thing is and this is what i love about this format also like when we're talking about this stuff, we haven't decided what we think when yeah. we're talking right like i'm literally figuring out what i think we are figuring out what we think in dialogue with each other, right? In this kind of pursuit of truth. And yeah. and when we hit these stumbling blocks, that's kind of a pointer to like, okay, I actually don't know what I'm talking about. I, I literally don't, I don't understand this, right? And obviously when you get deep enough into the nature of consciousness and existence, there are no words that can 
describe what the fuck is going on, right? Because as we said, it's just beyond what we're even capable of understanding. So then it just becomes this game of like, well, I like talking to you. (laughs) You like talking to me. We learn stuff from each other by talking to each other. We have different perspectives, different experiences. And like you said, like we're just this, we're nodes in this, or I'm going to, you know, paraphrase, put it in my own words, but like we're nodes in this network, a microcosm of the universe trying to understand itself through the lens of our minds and bodies. And um, it's pretty fucking... (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah, it's so and that's what i love about these conversations once you hit that kind of barrier past where it starts passing what you've really ever thought about before that's where it's really important to just fucking throw out like weird ideas like when you intuitively have an idea like an image of something in your head trying to explain that to someone helps you flush it out and understand it yeah and what's cool is when you get with someone that is connected to you in a certain way like i have this with my buddy max I can literally say some weird, like random idea in my mind that's like very roughly understood, but I can still communicate it to him in a way where he picks up on it. And the idea almost is like downloaded into his brain more effectively and it's vice versa. And this is the perfect example of this is evidence pointing towards the the fact that we are kind of a super organism because we have these we have mirror neurons right so like when you when you spend time with somebody you start to build these mirror neurons these chains of neurons that are connect that are linked to each oh, other they're accessed whoa. through through eye contact right so you're looking at each other he's like listening to you and your fucking eyes are <laughs> wide open and you're just literally looking into each other's brains and so you can't say what you're what you mean, but it's it's happening in your mind, and you, there's this kind of understanding that's in your mind, and that's activating those same neurons that you've built with your friend over time. So he's getting that understanding, even though the words aren't quite giving all of the information that is required. Right? That's so, trippy, dude. Yeah, dude. He was talking to me like we went camping like a month or two ago we were in the back of a truck while my buddy was driving and he was talking to me about this concept of everything being like electricity like everything being energy yeah and i like as he was explaining it i had the image pop into my mind as to what he meant that was the this is kind of like what you're saying like it was almost like the image came into my mind like his idea was just suddenly somehow downloaded into my mind as an image. Hmm. And I saw the landscape around us, all the trees, me and like everything around us as like electric energy. Yeah. And it was weird because he had talked to me about this idea on a few occasions before and I would like kind of get it. And then it just clicked. And that's, it's weird how that works, dude. Like that image and it's like in the ayahuasca, that's how I was getting information, dude. It was, she was communicating with me in like a thoughtful way where thoughts were not really my own. But then I was having these images just, and it's like, it's weird because I'll have ideas that have so much packed into it through an image. It's like art. When you look at a piece of art and it has so much expressed through it, 
I'll have that in my mind where an idea that's super complicated about the world that I can't describe with words, I understand it through an image in my mind. Isn't that weird? It's weird how that works. Dude, the crazy thing is that you describing the experience of uh, getting this kind of down Im uh, image download of this idea of like basically matter be like as energy and like seeing that as a picture. I got a picture. I literally yeah, like, yeah. I had that same download for a second. Yeah. And saw like my body and the computer and like all this shit around me as just these like fluctuations of energy. And it's crazy because when you, when you feel that and when you experience, or when I experienced that, like everything around here was like, yeah, this is energy. But my fucking body was like, so powerful dude it's yeah it's dude like, holy shit this thing is fucking locked and loaded you know what i mean like whole wow super dynamic super complex so much shit going on wow i'm i'm actually like mind blown right now so isn't that weird how and that's how our brains are connected too like you could think of it like the fact that i can describe with words something and that it just downloads into your mind it's you could think of that as like there's no real separation between us in that sense yeah it's just like how there's multiple neurons in my brain connecting them it's like you're just an extension and you're another neuron in this weird hive species that we are and we're just communicating ideas and we're constantly evolving through that yeah and i mean dude that's literally how we've been able to basically take over the planet is through this distributed cognition of linking minds together to solve problems, right? And dude, that's like that's literally why we made this fucking podcast. Like that's what, casual cognition, that's dude. That's what, what I was thinking of. Yeah, that is straight up like that's casual cognition. Uh, that's it. I fucking love it, dude. I think this is a great place to to end the podcast. Actually, I yeah, think this is yeah. just this is just gold. Uh, yeah. So for all of you listening, thank you. Uh, you're you're a part of this. You're you're inextricably linked to us. You're <laughs> part you. of me, whether you like it or not. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Jake, for this wonderful conversation. It's super fun talking with you. I'm really curious to uh, hear more about your journey, your experiences in general. Uh, and like, it seems like uh, combat sports, MMA and like martial arts is one of the things that we'll circle around a lot, which is, I think is great. I think it's an awesome yeah. addition to the podcast. Um, yeah. We should do this after my fight. That'll be fun. Yeah. Talk exactly. about that. I want to definitely check in after, after the fight. Um, and also like for people who want to, uh, want to like follow you more closely, is there any way that they can no. check? <laughs> I don't no. have any social media. No, no. I mean, the fight will be posted on YouTube through the organization. Yeah. Oh, actually I do have a YouTube channel. I haven't posted on it in a while. Um, may, I could probably just send you the link. I'm not going to post on it for a while until after the fight and share my process of learning 
because yeah. I don't want my opponent to see what I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, but after <laughs> afterwards, I, I'll probably do it. So I'll give you the link. They could watch some of my old videos where I talk about kind of shit that we're talking about, but I'm not really active on it. Okay. So. Cool. Well, thanks again, bro. Thank you all for listening. Much love to all of you. And we'll, uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Hell yeah. Thank you.